Love. How's it going? Just about finished the second draft. Great! Do you have a title yet? Not sure. Okay. Alright, what do you think about these? The Good Girl Must Die, Don't Worry Your Pretty Little Head, The Never Never. Ooh. The Never Never. I don't know, that's a bit... that could be anything. This is your patriarchy rage play, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, how about uh, Smile, Sweetie? Smile, sweetie. That's mm-hmm. that's definitely, I can imagine, a patronizing male figure saying that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I've got one that's um, more direct. Okay. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah? That's, yeah, it's like, it's descriptive, right? I mean, I haven't read it, but it definitely <laughs> tells you what it is. Yeah, it's right? on point. It's on, yeah, yeah, it's, you know. Okay. Or, okay. I've got another. Well, okay. Hot little slice. Hot little slice. Mm-hmm. The new play by Jennifer Barclay. Mm-hmm. Hot little slice. You like it? I like it. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird and it's kind of sexy. And you don't quite know what it is. Uh huh. But you're intrigued. It's intriguing. Are you intrigued? And, well, that's and okay. also potentially menacing. Yeah, that also on point. Cool. You gonna let me read it, or are you gonna make me wait to a reading? Well, Katie said maybe do something in New York. They're opening new office space in the Empire State Building. That's got a special conference room that could be perfect. Wow, nice. How's the podcast? Good. I'm uh, just wrapping up the uh, reviews for episode twelve, the Tom Waits podcast. No, don't pull a face. There's actually some really good shows. You know, it's not just tedious fans rambling on about Tom Waits. I mean, these are Tom Waits fans, so it's a better class of uh, fan rambling. So says the Tom Waits fan. You'll see. You're not really getting a tattoo, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm seriously thinking about it. I hear it's painful. What, you, th- you think I can't? I can handle a little pain. You have a very low pain threshold. What are you talking about? I lost a whole toenail on the JMT, and I just wrapped it up with a bit of duct tape and climbed Mount Whitney. Okay, but please tell me it's not going to be his face. No, probably. Well, probably not. But the good news is Hedge finally caved on giving me the number of his amazing tattoo guy, David. Tatooine. You've no idea. This guy's just the best of the best. I'm going to give him a call later today and we'll figure it out. Okay. But not his face. What if Sierra came home and said she wanted Tom Waits' face tattooed on her leg? She's seven. We wouldn't let her. And it's probably illegal here anyway. I mean, this is Maryland, not Florida. You've seen the tattoo Hedge has, right? Yeah. What? What is it again? It's the Death Star. Well, 
Penny got a good look at it at that pool party last month. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. She just found it funny, you know. I, I, I you don't should, know. I don't know. I think you should probably look at it a bit closer and just really think about it before you commit to anything. You, you just don't like Tom Waits or Star Wars. Hey, I love all the space space with the aliens and the explosions and the pointy ears and the magic swords. They're called lightsabers. Look, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you late. I'm going to the gym before I pick up Blaze. Well done. Thanks. Well done again with the new draft. May the force be with you. Yeah. Nanu, nanu. Welcome to my show. Thanks for all the feedback about the uh, Syria episode. I have gone ahead and published the transcript of that show with uh, hyperlinks to various articles and supporting info. Um, since there was, you know, quite a few questions about uh, the situation and some of the podcasts I reviewed. So, if there's anything you want to check out or Google further, that is uh, a good place to start. Uh, you can find it under the transcripts tab on the show's webpage. I will eventually get a transcript up for every episode. I've been uh, reading that it's sort of a recommended podcast practice since it will allow uh, search engines to find the show better in the future. The next few shows uh, should be much less heavy. Not going to be trying to review um, a massive and complex issue like Syria again, um, <laughs> at least for a couple of months. Okay, what else was there? Oh yeah, did you see the uh, funny podcasting sketch on Saturday Night Live at the weekend? It was great. should check it out. I'll put a link uh, to it in the show notes and in the transcript. So today I'm reviewing some Tom Waits fan podcasts that there are out there. I'm, I'm a Tom Waits fan. He's an original, a true artist. I'm sure every one of you is aware of him to some degree. The term national treasure is sometimes bandied around about people. But I think in Waits' case, it's, you know, right on the nose. He's definitely in that bracket. I think I first fell in love with his albums Swordfish Trombones and Rain Dogs in college when I was fishing around for stuff uh, that was sort of inspired by Trout Mass Replica. And it's certainly satisfied that criteria and at this point gone so much further. It's music that transports you into different worlds. Uh, there are maudlin, romantic, hopeless love songs to alcoholic ecstasies and blues that become more unique and spare and tender at times. And it's interspersed with, you know, raw screams and surreal explosions of wonderful ear-bending madness that rips the veil from our eyes in an attempt to release us from the mundane hypnotism of the day-to-day -day world. I mean, how can you summarize the brilliance of Bone Machine, the genius of Mule Variations? I passed him on the street one time when I lived in San Diego. It was um, on the main strip in Ocean Beach, outside the uh, famous burger place, uh, Hodad's. So named after the uh, surfer slang for a surfer who does more posing with a surfboard than actual surfing. 
Anyway, he was uh, walking down towards the ocean and I was uh, walking away from the beach. And, uh, you know, we had a, a little moment on the sidewalk uh, and I did that annoying double take thing that uh, probably drives famous people crazy, you know, as your brain runs through the, hey, I know you. Oh, yes, I do know you. Oh, but not personally. So I was doing this and uh, and he clearly saw it and he sort of braced himself for an interaction with a fan. Um, but, you know, I'm not usually that sort of person. I would never force myself on someone demanding an autograph and a selfie. So I just sort of nodded and smiled. And he just, like, scowled at me and carried on. I mean, it must be exhausting being famous, having people, you know, who think they know you, who with expectations, who uh, want to shake your hand and probably repeat your lyrics in your face all the time. Um, you know, tell him how comedy sped changed their life and made them quit dental school or how they've named their cat Rain Dog or... Or how Frank's wild years kept them sane in San Quentin on a five-year bit for being black in public. So that was that. And I walked on. And I got to the end of the block. But then I thought, hey, there was no reason for him to scowl at me. I haven't done anything wrong except appreciate his insane music. It's not like I was bellowing the eyeball kid in his face. And I don't, I don't know what came over me, but, um, but I turned. And I ran back down the street towards him. It was a bit busy, and uh, that little strip of OB, Ocean Beach, uh, I had to push past a few tourists who were, like, in a few of the shops, you know, the, the tacky ocean shops, buying incense and tie-dyed T-shirts and those weird puffer fish ornaments. And uh, as I was running, I, I kind of, like, cleared the way by shouting the uh, lyrics to uh, Cemetery Polka. Uncle Vernon! Uncle Vernon! Independent as a hog on ice. It was as if I was running after my actual Uncle Vernon. So uh, OB is kind of a hippie beach. It's sort of San Diego's high Ashbury, if you can imagine, if you've never been there. So, you know, some people were looking at me, but then again, it wasn't too weird for the area exactly. And as I was going and I was singing, I was thinking, scowl at me, eh, Tom? I'll truly earn that scowl from you. And I go back down to the corner right by the beach, but I couldn't see him, he disappeared. So I, I went over onto the beach a bit, thinking maybe he'd gone down to touch the water or something, and, and he wasn't there. So I walked around a, a little while, looking, and, and then I saw there was a little commotion happening in the South Beach Bar and Grill. It's a uh, big, sort of semi-fancy restaurant um, with a glass front looking out onto the sea, uh, right there in the centre of Ocean Beach. And I went up to the window and looked inside, and sure enough, there was Tom Waits, the man himself, in a shabby black suit and a busted old fedora. And he was being surrounded by this big group of people. And they were all kind of patting his back and shaking his hand, and everyone was smiles. And, you know, I started looking at, you know, see if there's anyone else famous there. And, and then I realised there was, like, a couple of sailors in sailor suits and... Uh, like three or four dwarves and a blind guy with an accordion and a circus contortionist lady in a cream lycra bodysuit. And there was about a dozen hobos straight out of a Steinbeck novel. You know, and, and I looking around and I thought there were all these fishing rods lined up against the bar, but they were actually the hobos' bindle sticks. And there was even a steam train sitting at the bar, minding its own business, totally nonchalant, 
little puff of smoke blowing out of its engine stack. It was incredible. And I stood there, staring at them for a few minutes, just mesmerised, until I slowly realised that I was intruding on something special. But, you know, that's how I found out where he gets all his ideas from. As dog travels through the envied and often tempting world of man, there's one thing above all that tempts him most, the taste of meat. Project was Tom Waits. Not a friend of mine. He had the nerve to think he could sing like me. Let's see it. Representative Ilhan Omar. President Bone Spurs. Taking a break from his busy golf schedule. Impeach already. It's review. <laughs> First up is With Confetti in Our Hair, a podcast that celebrates the life, art, and music of Tom Waits. This one is made by two guys in Tennessee. James A.B. and Bill Smith. And they have been Waits fans for a good long time. And they are part of that rare breed of fan to have actually been lucky enough to see Tom live. Because, you know, he just hasn't toured that much, really. Uh, so there's not been a huge opportunity for a lot of people to catch a live show, particularly for people my age and younger. I remember looking at the tour schedule for Bad As Me uh, in around 2011, and uh, there was just like uh, uh, 30 or so dates, and they uh, seemed to be uh, randomly arranged, or maybe even actually arranged to avoid crowds. So yeah, they've seen him live. They've followed him all their lives. Um, James even got to attend um, Frank's Wild Years at Steppenwolf. He was sat a, a few seats in front of Bob Dylan in the audience. And the other host, uh, Bill, has also uh, seen him and actually performed for him as a magician, as well as uh, lots of other interesting people uh, like Keith Richards when he performed at Ron Wood's 50th birthday party. Uh, you can hear about that on the episode where they talk about Tom Waits and Keith Richards' long collaborating history. Okay, this show is great. It's a lot of fun, and these guys are huge fans, and they are trying to produce funny and entertaining audio, and they hit it out of the park. Episodes are grouped around albums or themes, and they actually play a lot of Tom Waits in the show, which is very nice, because you hear them infusing about a lyric or an image or a moment from a song, and as you're listening, you immediately want to then go and fire up the track. But with these guys, they'll often just put it right into the podcast right there, which is wonderful. And also probably brave, considering our litigious culture and Tom Waits' uh, actual history of suing people. You know, I think he's probably made more money from suing Frito-Lays and Levi's than he has from his entire musical back catalogue. Um, so, yeah. The thing is, it's obvious that they are playing the music in a very respectful and loving way, 
and they regularly tell you to go and buy the music. So I don't think it's any worse than streaming the songs on Spotify or YouTube. You know, they're, they're building a shrine and sharing their appreciation and passions. It's not like they're selling bootleg albums. One of the features of the show that I've particularly enjoyed uh, is a bit they do called The Human Guinea Pig, where they bring on their friend Brad, who's a professional singer from Nashville, and he's a big Barry Manilow fan, and he had no experience of Tom Waits at all, and he's come from a very uh, commercial Nashville niche. And they kind of get him to listen to Tom Waits' albums in their entirety, and then get his take on them. And it's, you know, it's very funny. Um, You know, you start out with the first few albums, you hear him grumble, you know, he's obsessed with trains and and blind people, and dwarves, and and you're kind of nodding along going, well, yeah, that's that's a fair point. And you can see, coming from a, a very commercial Nashville kind of world, a very clipped, cookie-cutter kind of, bro-country kind of, must-make-music-in-a-certain-way-that-satisfies-a-very-black-and-white you know, commercial radio-driven culture, that it's completely insane to even think about recording a song like Underground, let alone making it the first song on the album. So it's really fascinating hearing uh, Brad's takes. And what's good is after a few albums, um, with him trying to comprehend the borderline insanity of Waits and the gravelly, uh, voiced groany delivery. It's really cool when you start hearing him slowly clicking with a few tracks. And after a few albums, you kind of start getting excited along with the host when he starts saying things like, I think Tom Waits does more in a few words than most songwriters can do in a full song. So, with confetti in our hair, check out this show. It's funny and interesting, and they play a lot of Tom Waits. So it's great for people who are new to the music. You can infuse directly along with the songs as they talk about them. And so it gets uh, five stars, two thumbs up, a magic cow. And a joke of my own invention. Dr. John, Tom Waits, and Captain Beefheart walk into a bar. It's a beautiful, brand new, prohibition themed bar in a uh, newly gentrified hipster area in D.C. And the bartender says, What'll it be, chaps? So the bartender kind of rolls his eyes a bit and he says, Okay, so I got a Sasserac and a Gimlet and a neon meat dream of an octofish. Oh, and, uh, Here's a beer for Chester Burnett. I'm sorry he has to stay out there on the black patio. To be honest with you, I think the owners are taking this prohibition theme a little bit far. (laughs) (laughs) Next up is Song by Song from Martin Zoltz, Ostwick and Sam Pei. These are a couple of English lads who are undertaking to review every song by Tom Waits in chronological order. Yeah, another show on a quest. Nice. So the average episode is about 15 minutes long, so it's a relatively quick hit, 
and it's a well-produced discussion and dissection of the work. You can eat an elephant if you take small bites, and in breaking up the catalogue like this, they are able to really get deep into things like individual chord progressions. And they pick out one choice quote or story highlighting a particular collaborator without being overwhelmed by the sheer mass of fascinating Tom Waits ephemera uh, that is out there. It's a great idea. And one of their features is to pair the song under discussion with another song by theme, feeling, tempo, or blatant personal free association, which is good because it allows them to talk broadly about what sparks for them so let's see, for example, uh, some of their pairings are really interesting. Um, they did Swordfish Trombones with Dylan's A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Um, they did uh, Earth Died Screaming with Tommy the Cat from Primus. And the classic uh, the, the Piano Has Been Drinking with a piano rendition of The Entertainer by Les Dawson. Yes, Les Dawson, the English old-school comedian from the Northern Working Men's Club circuit. So if you want to know how uh, they fit those, those pairings together, you should listen to the show. Okay, with Les Dawson, it's something to do with artfully playing the wrong note. And actually, it's a great call. They make a good point with it. Um, I think if I'd have run down that particular rabbit hole, I'd have uh, started boring everyone with uh, a, a Pilkmutin Honig blue note session. Oh, listen to the notes they don't play and the wrong notes that they play and the wrong notes they also don't play. <laughs> anyway, it's good listening to these lads and they bring on some interesting guests from time to time to keep it fresh. What's the saying? Um, brevity is the goal of wit. No, wait. Brevity is the soul brother of Wittgenstein. Something like that. And this show is sweet and tidy, bite-sized chunks of an otherwise potentially overwhelming feast of musical elephant. And it's no surprise they've won an award. Uh, they were the best review show in 2017 at the British Podcast Awards. So they've just finished up with The Black Rider. Uh, I think they're on season 15. And I'm very excited for them to get to the uh, Magnus Opus Mule Variations. Hopefully they'll do it before Brexit has uh, reduced the UK into a feral wasteland where everyone is uh, having to fight by the bins at the back of Aldi for the last dented can of Boccaronis from Portugal. So, Song by Song gets five stars, two thumbs up, a Norwegian choir. And all the marbles. Okay, next we've got Down in the Hole. And it's another couple of English lads talking about Tom Waits. I don't know, I guess there must be something in the water. Honestly, if I'd stayed in England, I, I might even have succumbed to this zeitgeist too. Probably with my old pal Nick Treadwell in Birmingham, because uh, I remember we really got into Alice and Blood Money together when uh, those two albums came out. Anyway, Down in the Hole is a podcast from Tom Quee and Sam Wiles, and they discuss Tom's music by taking it album by album, uh, with a, a ton more quotes from interviews and biographies than either Confetti and uh, Song by Song do. And when they get into the tracks, uh, the show takes on a sort of jukebox jury uh, type vibe. 
as they work their way uh, through the albums. And it's fun listening. And they've put together a great Spotify mix of uh, their picks from each album, which you can find a link to on their show page. I think it's one of the best Tom Waits mixes uh, you'll find out there. Probably second only to the one Tom Waits made himself uh, on the re-release of uh, his back catalogue a few years ago. So having been in Tom Waits' podcast world now for a couple of weeks, I realise I know a lot of the songs, and it's great discovering by listening to Tom and Sam that I'm not alone in wondering things like, you know, what happened during the second half of Blood Money, and also um, how is it that Night Hooks at the Diner can uh, sometimes sound like a terrible dated comedy record, but at other times is also utterly brilliant. If you listen to the show, you'll find out the three main archetypes that characterizes Waits' career. And for fans of the music, you will discover a lot you don't know and find a greater appreciation for the full canon. Now, because they originally tied themselves to discussing the albums, I was worried that they might have to wrap up the show once they've covered them. So, you know, a maximum of about 25-odd episodes or so, if you count the compilations and soundtracks. But it looks like they are morphing into more confetti territory, and they've begun discussing Tom Waits around and beyond the albums. In fact, they've just dropped an episode in which they interview Brian Mantia, the drummer from Bone Machine and Mule Variations. So this is great news for the hardcore Tom Waits fan to know that this podcast has a promising future ahead of it. So down in the hole, five stars, two thumbs up, some cats saying hey. 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 And a train full of romantic beatnik hobos. And finally, we come to scene by scene. Now, this one is pretty weird. It's a review show uh, reviewing every appearance of Tom Waits on film or television, including his appearances on Letterman and other bits and pieces you can find on YouTube. It's made by a guy called Vladislav Surkov, a Russian living in Florida, and it's a truly bizarre listen, but also kind of compelling in its way. You know, at, at times it sounds a bit like someone's making him record the show. He's so kind of grudging and uncomfortable and muttering at times. And he's also clearly obsessed with Tom Waits' performance as Renfield in Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in the early 90s. And a lot of his reviews do kind of sort of descend into a negative comparison uh, to what he did in this role. I mean, it's an interesting point of view. I think, and arguably, you could make that, that Renfield is indeed the pinnacle of Tom Waits' acting career. I might even have agreed, except, you know, I'd have to say his role as the uh, prospector in the uh, Coen Brothers' Western compendium piece on Netflix is probably his best performance ever. Mr. Pocket! Mr. Pocket! But he hasn't seen this, or at least he hasn't got around to reviewing this performance yet, so I'm going to have to wait and see, and I'll be tuning back in uh, to, to hear what he thinks of it. Which shows that I'm engaged with this podcast. So episodes vary from a couple of minutes to 20 or so minutes, and it's pretty scattergun. Sometimes there's long-laboured plot descriptions that take a lot of time for him to kind of explain what's happening in like whole films and scenes and the background of the character. And other times it's just short and dismissive evaluations, you know, in comparison to the Renfield role. He also seems to oddly treat the Letterman interviews 
like they are pure fictional film roles. As if Tom, when appearing on Letterman, is playing a fully scripted character. Which is an interesting take. I mean, sure, it's show business. There's always a certain kind of playing up to a role and a character whenever these people appear in in the media. But but I, I always thought, in essence, he was being himself. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what do I know? I mean, it's mind-blowing, really. Like, maybe Tom Waits is a construct, an embedded character creation like Andy Kaufman. It's just been like that, performing for 60 years. Maybe Tom Waits exists in our minds like Peter Pan and is just as real. An invention by a skilled performer, made real by the, the cult of his fans. I do think, as the show title... Uh, Scene by scene gives away that he is trying to copy song by song, but he doesn't... How can I say this? He doesn't have the technical skills or engaging analytical ability to produce a show as solid as song by song. Oh, and he's also made a massive error in a bunch of episodes in that he's got confused, and he's confused the actor Ron Perlman with Tom Waits because he reviews Tom's performance as Hellboy. And of course, that was Ron Perlman, not Tom Waits. And it confuses it even more in that he quite likes Hellboy and thinks he Tom's recapturing some of the emotional promise that he showed in uh, the Renfield performance. I mean, come on, dude. I can see there is a certain oblong simian look to Rom and Tom, and I can see how you might make that mistake, but... It would take you three seconds to go online and check it out. It's bizarre, but that's podcasting. It's cheap, and everyone's doing it. And that's part of the magic. And it's why I'm on this quest to review every podcast in existence. So scene by scene, one man's half-whispered, half-baked reviewing of Tom Wake's acting career gets one star. I mean, for the Hellboy thing alone, I mean, you're lucky. You're lucky you get one star, dude. Two thumbs up, just because I'm generally nice. And a request to Google. Just check IMDB, you damn fool! And of course, not to disappoint, a Renfield. Renfield. You have betrayed me. guy. It's kind of exciting. Tatooine! Oh, uh, hello, is that David? Yes? What's happening, man? You want inking? Inking? <laughs> Could say I'm, uh, I'm thinking about it. How did you get my number? Oh, you did my friend, um, last year at Coachella. Oh, man, I do not remember a lot of that weekend. I think it was the Friday lineup sucked me into a depressing time tunnel. Jean-Michel Jarre, Soul Wax, Jamiroquai, such a bummer. 
the early 90s was not good for Tatooine at all. Right, well, but then you had Beyonce. I mean, that was a historic gig on Saturday night, right? No, missed it. I was wasted, just massively dehydrated. I spent like 16 hours straight doing a full back Ewok and Wookiee Fantasia on this dude who I thought was Eminem, but it turned out to be just some other regular rat-faced dude. I came out of the tent and, like, everyone was gone. That wasn't your friend, was it? Oh, no, no. He d- he doesn't have a rat face, no. Good, so, uh, what were you thinking? Uh, actually, you know, I've been thinking about getting a uh, Tom Waits tattoo. Tom Waits? I'm checking the Wikipedia and I'm not finding a Tom Waits. Where, where, was he in Clone Wars or maybe no, so? No, 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 no. Stormtrooper in a, in a blooper reel? No, no, he, he's Tom Waits. He's not on Star Wars IMDb. Which, which film was he in? Well, he is an actor. He was he was in Down by Law by Jim Jarmusch. And he just did that Coen Brothers Western comedy thing on Netflix. Which Star Wars? Oh, he wasn't in Star Wars. Why are we even talking? I just, I told you, I just want a tattoo and I heard you were the best. Have you seen my Instagram? Three million followers and I don't even post. Barely once, twice a day tops. They call me the Banksy of tattoos. Not my words, Tattoo Lifestyle Magazine 2008. Total respect. Ink Yoda, that's another one, The Guardian. Amazing. I just did a full back bobber fit on the toilet reading the diary of Anne Frank with the shadow of Jar Jar hovering over the wall above him. 200,000 retweets in seven minutes. It even got a like from the Holocaust Museum. What? I have it on good authority that if Mark Hamill was to get a tattoo tomorrow, he would only get one from me. Exactly right. And yeah, he's the last Jedi. Of course he would. And just like him, you know, I'm, I want the best. <sighs> okay. I'm looking now. Tom Waits, singer... The Wire theme song. That was good, I suppose. He's the monkey-looking hobo dude. Yeah, that's him. Okay, I'll cut you a break. I'm starting to do a few mashups. Can't be too predictable. Got to keep it fresh. How about I do Empire Strikes Back, a planet hot battle scene, a giant Tom Waits head on an Atat Walker, Firing cocks out of his eyes at C-3PO. Doing his gay butler running away thing. Um, sorry, no, uh, not sold on that one. Okay, okay, meet me halfway. What about Revenge of the Jedi scene? A Tom Waits slave guard in front of Jabba with a really big rack. No, no, how about this? I've got it. How about you do Tom Waits with a lightsaber... Only we can't see the lightsaber because he's left it inside his piano. Boring! What about Phantom Menace? Darth Maul in the space bar showing off his bicep tattoo of Tom Waits' face, the Guido, and Sice Luthers, who are running all three eyes because they are not really impressed. That's, that's a bit obscure. Wrong. Can't be too obscure for true fans. 
Look, how about we just keep it simple? Maybe just, you know, Tom Waits' face reflected in the mirror of a shiny spaceship. Boring! <sighs> okay, Last Jedi. Ghost Yoda is taking a piss on Tom Waits, who is dead in the gutter, and Yoda is saying, The Force is strong with this one! I, I think that's that's getting worse. You're right. Okay, I got it. Revenge of the Jedi, Battle of Endor scene, how about an ATST walker? That, that's the chicken looking tank thing, right? Yeah, an ATST with a big Tom Waits head shooting cocks out of his eyes and a group of Ewoks sort of forming a flag pile like the Iwo Jima Marines. <laughs> <laughs> What's with all the cocks, man? You've suggested that twice. Brilliant, yes! I I don't know, man. I think it's such a great idea. I think it'd look better on Mark Hamill. Do you think he'd go for it? Sure! I mean, an idea that good deserves the right canvas. You wouldn't paint the Sistine Chapel on a coal shed. Yes, it would be a waste. I mean, you're a nobody, right? No offence. Not taken. Okay, okay, we'll work out the details when I get to it. We have time. I can have you in... How about September? 2021 is the best I can do. Unless something opens up a can or a beta next summer. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, pencil me in for September 2021. Cool, okay, I'll have we quick call you back in a few minutes to get your credit card details. Oh, how how much are we talking? Oh, 20, 30k full back. And it depends on the colour and detail of the cocks. Okay, great, well thank you. May the force be with you! Okay, I think I can safely... Uh, announced that I'm not getting a tattoo, it seems. Jen will be pleased. Can you imagine that? Honey, I just spent the kids' college fund on a uh, full-back tattoo of Tom Waits and Star Wars. Anyway, it's a wrap. Links to all the shows I reviewed today and in previous episodes on the show page. Please like and subscribe, spread the word, come and join our Facebook group. Andy's Podcaster Podcasting Podcast is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Over 30,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes, how else are you going to protect your feet? The jazz is provided by Mario Roms Interzone. I don't know who's providing your jazz at the moment, but I think you should switch to these cats. Next week, I'll just be reviewing the one podcast, The History of Stand-Up. And if you're really enjoying the show, you want to help out, you can buy me a coffee if you like. Click the link on the webpage. Have a great week, whatever you're doing. Keep it fun and freaky. Catch you later. Bye.